HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. For more information, visit www.rt11.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Meant to Be Eaten. I am your host, Andrea Ween, and you are listening to Heritage Radio. As I mentioned last week, we're going to be exploring the name of the show this season, Meant to Be Eaten. We're going to be taking it a little bit more literally, so foods that are quite literally meant to be eaten during certain times of the year or certain times during one's life, for example. On the other side of that coin, we're also exploring what happens to foods that are meant to be eaten but aren't. I'm talking about social media, in particular Instagram, where amongst some influencers, ordering food, taking pictures of it, and then not eating it has become commonplace. Joining me in the studio today is restaurateur Pietro Quaglia, co-owner of Pietra Nolita, an all-pink, some might call it millennial pink, which we'll get into, Italian restaurant here in New York. Pietro, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Uh, I just wanted to uh, make sh- that I'm just the owner, full owner, is no co-owner. Full owner. Yeah, full I apologize. Owner. No, it's fine. It's like uh, it's old news. Got it. Got uh, it. So uh, thank you for having me. Uh, yes, me, um, my restaurant is all pink, and um, pink is uh, it's a color that apparently is very in vogue now. Um, I have a lot of love from uh, uh, people coming outside my restaurant, take pictures and post it on Instagram, uh, but. Pink has a lot of history, and that's where I decided to do Pink, a, a restaurant that was completely pink, because it brought back memories of my childhood. Uh, I was raised in Milano in the 80s, and um, in, that, in that time of uh, that decade, there was a movement called the Memphis Group, which was born in Milano by Ettore Sottas, who, um, and he... Uh, he started this movement where he did um, architectural and uh, his architectural uh, views were a little bit edgy. 
Uh, so he created like um, sculptures and like even from a vase or like a table in very different shapes. And he used like very strong colors. And using pink in, in art was like a little bit, uh, let's say, off. So I wanted to bring back memories of my childhood seeing that because uh, my parents had a house where I had like very weird objects and very colorful house. So I wanted to bring back to um, my restaurant. And also growing up in the Ligurian region, uh, going in the summertime, you see a lot of pastel colors and pink. And you see like pink buildings all over the place. And so I wanted to bring in New York, which is like a very gray uh, cement uh, town, I wanted to bring like some color. And so I said, let's just do pink with the heritage of my culture. So like, you know, and so that's why I did it. The design is very like, as the tables are shaped very, in a very weird way. And, um, and the pink color, it is pink outside, but when you get inside, it's more subtle. It's like, you almost forget that it's pink. But uh, yes, social media really gave me a lot of love. So let's take it back before we yes. get into all of the conundrums that have come up since you decided to make this decision. Tell me a little bit more about your childhood and how you got to New York. Yes, okay. So I actually, um, uh, I, I, was, I, I moved to uh, New York when I was eight months old. So, and I lived uh, because my uh, father had a job uh, in New York. So we moved the entire family to New York until the age of five. And then at five, I moved back to Milan. And, um, Were you here in the city? Yeah, I was in the city, okay. Upper East Side. So then um, at, at four and a half, I moved back to Milano and I lived there until I was 20. And then at 20, I moved to California and I went to school there in Santa Barbara. I studied uh, communication. Okay. And so how did you go from studying communications to owning this restaurant? That's a very good question. Uh, I, you know, I, I felt like I, I wanted to be part of New York and restaurants culture is very important in New York, especially now it's growing more and more. And having a piece of, um, a piece of like uh, in Nolita, which where I've been living for most of my time here in New York, to have a piece of like, that I can call it mine, to me was very important. And, um, I wanted to leave a mark into New York because I've been living here for 16 years now. So I feel this is home. So when uh, I invested um, a little bit of money in uh, Miss Lily's, which was a Jamaican restaurant. We have one in Seoul and one in the East Village and one now in Dubai. And Serge Becker, who created Miss, uh, who created Miss Lily's, who created also like Skina and um, Cafe Select, and he worked at The Box, and he created many many restaurants in downtown many New York. iconic new many york iconic, spots yeah, exactly. the box being one of the, exactly. the most exclusive and, <laughs> and also, interesting ones exactly and la esquina too downstairs la esquina is Very still much. popular after 10, 10 years it's yeah. crazy uh, it was the first mexican restaurant in new york city so i was i think i was um, uh, i was blessed to be you know he helped me out understanding the business because i didn't know anything about the restaurant business um, so he really took me under his wing and uh, we worked a little bit together. And one day uh, he called me and he goes, Pietro, look, I have this location. I think you should get it. It's a small place for your first restaurant. It's perfect. Um, just go for it. You know, I'll help you. And and I told him, okay, great. I was nervous because, you know, I've never opened a restaurant before. And 
you know, it's a lot of money to get involved with rent and uh, and everything. And um, and then I told him, I says like, I wanted to do all pink. And then he looked at me and he goes, okay. <laughs> he, he went, we went on a computer and he goes, actually, I remember back in the 80s, there was a cafe that was all pink uh, in New York. And, the, and he goes, Pietro, you know, you got, you got great team, you have great people, you know, like just go for it. And and I was very nervous. I was very, very nervous. Uh, At that point, did you have the awareness that pink was such a trendy color of the moment or did that come later? Well, I worked, I worked in fashion for many years. So to me, um, pastel colors, especially pink, nude, uh, it's almost like it's something that's always chic, it's always elegant, it goes with everything. So to me, I was, yes, I'm going to go with pink. Um, because it's um, it, it it brought back my memories and always and I always remember uh, when I was working fashion, where seeing pink women dressed in pink in nude colors always made them very chic, m- elegant, and it brings back the skin and and you put some gold jewelry. It looks it looks very elegant. So I just wanted to do like an elegant place where it reminds me of home, and and that's. Um, and that's where I went for that color. When did you realize, wow, we're an Instagram phenomenon? Well, I sometimes on Saturdays I think I look at myself. I look at I look at outside my restaurant. And I said, what I've created. This is like uh, it's people line up to to take pictures, uh, and they just leave. Sometimes, sometimes they go inside and eat. Uh, my focus at the end of the day was to bring back my mom's recipe from home and focus on food. The design came to me, to tell you the truth, is like I just created something that to me was natural. It was not like I put so much thought. I just told my designer, I would like to have this, this, and that, and she created um, the restaurant, what it is today. And I have to say, um, Jeanette, my designer, she did um, a very excellent job because she even did better than I thought in my head. Um, To me, my focus was just in food because... If I have to serve food and people don't like it, that's the that will break my heart. And now it's been open. We've been open for a year and three months, and you know I I get like around four thousand people uh, a month, and it's twenty five seat restaurant. So, and you know I get I get some bad reviews, some great reviews, and I think my food is great just because my mom's and I we cook is traditional Italian food, so. We don't we don't put butter. We don't put cream. We keep it healthy. We just have like uh, just the right amount portion of pasta. We have fresh juices, fresh cocktails. So I I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I'm just like serving food al dente, um, pasta al dente. That's my specialty, and we have fresh pasta. We have great chef. Um, and I read that your mom actually came from Italy to help you 100%. tweak the menu and get yes. it out. Yes, my mom came. She stayed for three weeks. And she, she, she with the chef, with two chefs at the time, um, we tried food and um, we just experimented uh, new dishes and um, to fit in the restaurant because it's different, the, the food that you cook at home and the food that you cook at the restaurant. But... I'm very pleased. Uh, today I had pasta, um, uh, alle melanzane, which is eggplant pasta, and it was delicious. It's cooked al dente, and, and and it's really light and fresh, and you don't feel like heavy, and you don't have nightmares for sure after you eat my pasta. 
So you guys have really leaned into this whole pink thing. Now you have pink as fuck t-shirts and napkins and yes. you've really embraced this whole movement. So it seems like there's two sides, right? Like there's one where you really are embracing the Instagram stuff. And then on the other side, it's caused some issues too. Yes, yes. Um, p- pink as fuck was, uh, was my idea of being a straight male, um, opening a pink place, uh, was I was a little bit afraid. I was a little bit. I just wanted to make a statement because you know to make it more tough. So I I was just saying. Uh, people are asking me, so why are you doing pink? I'm just gonna do it pink as fuck. You know, it's gonna be all pink. And and that's and I did a t-shirt of the blue. I asked my um, my my people to do um, to do a logo, and I I told them exactly my idea, and they brought me this logo, which I loved it, and then I did a t-shirt, and then I gave it to a couple of friends of mine that work in fashion, and they went out on for fashion week, and they took pictures of it, and um, it went viral, and so people were calling me from Australia, from uh, from Europe, from uh, Los Angeles to ask me for, for Australia as well, yeah, New Zealand, yeah, and they called me, and they said, can I have the t-shirt, and I said, like, I made only 100, and I, I'm not <laughs> going to be able to ship, you know, it's like, I'm not set up for it. Um, and, and so from there I, I did, then they asked me for more, people were coming in and so then I, I made more and, and now I made, and now it's, it's becoming a business The the merchandising is becoming a business and, um, and I have big people calling me, asking me to, how oh, can I make an order? It's like, no, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I mean, it's not that. I don't know if I want to even to get to that level because that's another ball game. I just I like the fact that you know you come to the restaurant and you experience the full concept. People come here and get just shirts and leave. Uh, I just want them to sit down, experience the restaurant, experience the food, get a mug that says "Pink as fuck," take it home. It's a cute gift, of course. We did a collaboration with Stance um, with the socks. My husband socks. loves them. He gets he has their socks subscription actually. It's it's, it's a great socks. It's a great it's a great company as well. Um, the only problem that I do only one size only because it, to me it's just a headache. You know, I just one size for socks, one size well, for t-shirts. A fashionista, someone who knows what to do, cut it up, make it a little smaller, turn it into a tank top, turn it into a perfect, crop top. So there you go. Guy. I, I have a friend of mine who got the socks. Who is a guy? Got the socks cut because it's too small by cut it but he still can show it on his like uh, um, on his calf uh, yeah on his calf so he's happy about it I'm talking to Pietro of Pietro Nolita and we will be right back after a word from our sponsor thanks The following program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. 
From the moment Root 11 potato chips dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. An incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 Potato Chips believes comfort food should be just that. Know where your food comes from. For more information, visit rt11.com. I'm Andrea Ween. You're listening to Men to Be Eaten. And joining me in the studio today is Pietro Qualia, co-owner, or I'm sorry, owner of Pietro Nolita, an all-pink restaurant here you, in Andrea. New York. Hi. So let's talk a little bit about how the response to the restaurant has been different from what you expected. Have you experienced those people who are coming in just taking photos and not really respecting what a restaurant should be? 100%. 100%. People use my restaurant sometimes uh, as if there is their own house, their, uh, a, a photo shoot studio, and um, they don't have, they don't really care about um, just, they just want to go there to take a picture. I, people ask, I, I charge usually a thousand dollars an hour to do photo shoots and stuff. By bloggers that come and ask me, "Oh, can I come in before hours and uh, just for twenty minutes and take pictures with my crew? And can I change in your bathroom?" I had people with tents standing outside my restaurant and change and do photo shoots outside, which I cannot block them. But it's like you know, it's kind of it's a little ridiculous. Yes, yeah, and also you know, I, I would I would want my uh, my customers to come and experience the food first of all, because we put so much heart. We use a lot of uh, fresh ingredients, and you know, instead of just coming there to take a picture, which I don't mind either, but you have to be a little bit more respectful to other people eating. People come with big cameras, so now with someone, if someone comes into the restaurant with a big camera, we ask them to uh, they just can use their phone, not the big camera, because it's intrusive with the big flash and. Even though nowadays phones are intrusive as well, but I see it. I see when like there are like um, people taking pictures, and the the girls next door, the, or the people next door to them, they just like a little bit. No one wants to be in someone else's photo. Exactly. So it's so it's been it's it's as pros and cons. You know, of course, you know, it's, I'm glad that I got so much press out of this, not just by people take by Instagram, but by massive magazines and that did photo shoots in there. So, you know, I, I feel I'm blessed because everything is going very well. Um, the only thing that it really hurts and, and I'm learning every day to cope with it is like when, you know, I, I probably had like, you know, since I opened like 30 bad reviews, which, you know, it, it's hurtful when people, uh, you know, send people out tell you, oh, your food is terrible. I mean, I wish I could meet these people so I can talk to them, explain them how, like, what we put in it, what, how we do it, and, you know, and maybe, I don't know, it's so easy to, people are so angry with, with the world and with themselves, they just love to write some negative stuff for, to someone else just to hurt them. Right, and when people are coming for maybe reasons that aren't about the food and they don't understand what you're trying to do, that message can sometimes get lost in translation, and you're attracting clientele that maybe wouldn't have come to the restaurant had it not been Instagrammed. Exactly, exactly. And I think it scares also the New York crowd because it's, it looks like, it's, you know, it's a very 
it's a place where people stop and it's almost like touristic you know because people take pictures people come from you know have a lot of love from from around the world so you know people and, and i think sometimes the neighborhood they scare it they scare the the guy that lives next door because he doesn't want to go there because it's always packed and it's always like but we you know we love our neighbors we, we you know we have like we love to see them coming in all the time. I read before you opened, there was a couple articles that said, you know, we want to appeal to the old woman down the street, our neighbor next door, the one, you know, in Brooklyn with the pink hair, like everyone. Of course. We want this to be really a neighborhood spot. And does it feel like it's it's gotten away from that then? Well, it, I mean, we have, we have a lot of love from South America. We have a lot of love from Australia and Europe and Italy, of course, um, and America, 100%. Uh, we still do have the pink hair girl comes in. We have um, we have all the cultures coming in. So I'm very happy. The, the guy across the street does he come? Eh, sometimes, sometimes. But you know, it's now I have I have given my phone number away so they can text me. It's like, oh, so can I come right now? Do you have two seats for me? It says, yeah, of course. You know, so. Now I'm trying to reach out because we don't take reservation because it's such a small place. Uh, so I'm trying to, for the people that live around here to like, you know, have them text them back, say, oh, come, come by at this time or we have a seat for you for three people. But, yeah. If you had to do it all over again, would you make it all pink? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Even with the people walking around blasting music on yeah. their phone and leaving bad reviews? You know, it's like, it's, I'm actually um, funny that you say that because I'm um, there is a possibility for me to open next door, so guess what? It's gonna be pink, pink as fuck. <laughs> That's the way it is. It's not because because in my heart I know that pink comes from like okay. So let me tell you this. Pink, it's been um, worn by men before women. First of all, uh, just after the Second World War, it was. It was moved into the women uh, category of color choice. Uh, but, Why is that? Well, because uh, of officials in war they used to wear like red uh, uniforms, and you know, and their kids, their male kids, would wear pink one because red is stronger color than blue. First of all, and red mixed it with white, it makes it pink. So that's why male used to um, little boys used to wear pink and. Because red is really a stronger color than blue. So the, I don't have a lot of dudes coming to my restaurant, you know, uh, which it's kind of silly because, I mean, if I were a single dude, I would come to my restaurant <laughs> and because I know that, you know. And There's plenty some, of women there. It's like exactly. going to a yoga class. Precisely. And some guys actually are starting to understand that. But I feel I see the, the more insecure guys that say, oh, oh is, that, well, is that pink restaurant? Uh, you know, so it's like. It's okay, you know. I, you know, people can do whatever they want. It's just to me, it's like, okay, cool. You know, it's like I don't need you anyway. So, um, but we we have a strong female. Ninety percent of my Instagram followers are women. So, has the restaurant and the reaction to pink and this whole phenomenon changed your perception on social media as a whole? Yes, I mean, social media. Social media is like. A beast is a monster. It's you have to be really careful. I'm learning it every day. Every day I learn that how to respond on social media. It's you say it with the with the right wording and you're screwed. Um, 
I, I get a lot of love with uh, in social media as well, but it's very easy to um, for those that are very insecure to put you down as a business. They don't understand probably if you own a business, you wouldn't write negative stuff or maybe you do it in a personal way. You wouldn't do it out there because it means one, it means that you're ignorant and you're very insecure. So I had people telling me, like a couple of people calling me on my direct message saying, Pietro, you know, I really had a great experience, but this and this and that, so you can work on this and that. That's great. That's a constructive criticism, and I love that. But when you write, um, uh, this is shit, or this is terrible, and it's like, you know, at the beginning, I was really hurt. Now I'm learning that, you know, there are people out there that don't, one, maybe don't know about Italian food, you know, it's not, because it's different. My, mine is very traditional. I try to keep it very traditional. It's not like what you see out there, you know, so... I, I know that I'm not going to please everybody, but, but yeah, social media, anyway, to go back to social media, it's, um, it's, uh, uh his, they say a double head, uh, sword, sword. Mm-hmm. exactly. So it's, um, for now it, it works very good for me, I have to say, because, but then again, and that's why I want to keep like my branding as local as possible, at least otherwise I'll, I'll spread out and then tomorrow nobody will care because I believe in the color pink. So pink, it's, um, it's a, I have pink at home since back in the days. I clothes at home that are like pink. You know, it's always um, um, a color that I believed in. So I'm, this millennial pink, to me, it's like I don't, I don't get it. When people tell me, oh, it's millennial pink, it's no, it's not. We have history behind it. It's nothing that was created like in one day. Like, you know, and... Tomorrow pink is not going to be in vogue anymore. Who cares? I'm going to be still pink. If a restaurateur came to you and said, we're thinking about doing a restaurant that's very Instagrammable, that's very, uh, you know, influencer driven, what would your advice to them be? Well, that's a good question because uh, I, I would say just go with your guts. That's what I did. I didn't do, I didn't even have Instagram when I opened my restaurant. So to me, I did not know. I just wanted to do something that, was cute with someone. When someone would walk in, would feel comfortable, loved, and you know, and be in a nice environment. All the restaurants around, you know, you see every restaurant to me is always always the same. You got to do something that it's a little bit edgy. I decided to just do a color pink, and maybe because I come back, I come from Serge, um, old school, um, like the way he opened the first Mexican restaurant, he opened the first Jamaican restaurant that was cool and colorful. And he always a theme. He opened the Swiss the Cafe Select, the Swiss uh, restaurant. So because he, he's half Swiss, so he went for a theme. And I think the theme is what people want because it's it's different. So it's just to I could have opened just another Italian restaurant, but I wanted to create. You made some, it special. I made it special. I asked Chef Rob. He was on the show last week uh, yeah. of Nightingale Nine. This question, I'll ask you too. What would be a message that you would want to tell every diner who comes into your restaurant if you had a chance to talk to them all personally? Um, that's that's a great question. Uh, I would just tell them to, you know, to to understand that you know what's behind a restaurant. It's not like oh yes, the food comes there. There is like it's 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 a clock. A restaurant like if one thing doesn't work the entire restaurant doesn't work so there is a lot of effort a lot of meetings a lot of waking up in the morning a lot of problems that in the restaurant business 
that I've experienced that like a pipe breaks, like winter time, pipe breaks all the time, boom. That's it. You have sh shut down the restaurant. The dishwasher is sick. So what you get into that plate, it's a lot of hard work. And I understand sometimes the, the waiter may, might be rude or is tired or this and the food come out the way you didn't expect. And you're thinking about pink more than what the food is. And then you, you never had traditional Italian food. So there's a lot of things that get into... Um, to the plate and um, so that it's hard to digest. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it's a lot of work that comes out there when you're sitting down. You, I, th I think I didn't know at the beginning. I was exactly like my clients. I was like, oh, I didn't like this. Okay, but I wouldn't make a fuss out of it. But there is a lot of work. And I, you know what I realized? Of course, the chef and the manager are my, my best. Like, I love them because they are like, they're like always there, always, you know, they're professional. And that's why, and it's hard to hire professionals. And I'm finally, I get to the point where I have professionals and I'm very happy I can sleep at night. The first six months to a year, I couldn't sleep at night because I hired, you know, college students and they wanted to work part-time and, you know, they didn't know. But I have to say, to have a dishwasher, it's key. <laughs> because without a dishwasher, it's a, I try. I, I feel like that at home too. It's seriously, because it becomes a mess afterwards. I The first six months, I was a dishwasher, I was a plumber, I was a server, I was a manager, I was the owner, I was everything. And I realized that dishwasher is very important. So I think so, too. My husband is our dishwasher at home, so it works I, out very well that's for great. me. Yeah. That's great. So the last question here, we've talked a lot, and I'm going to bring it, I guess, a little bit more personal. Yes. Uh, we've talked a lot about how pink was really part of your childhood and this whole vision that you had. And in the same vein of the show, Meant to be Eaten, what are some foods in your life that really define a moment or a tradition for you? I'll tell you straight up. Um, it's, well, the food that makes me uh, warm inside my heart is carbonara, pasta la carbonara, spaghetti la carbonara, which my mom makes. And it's a carbonara that is very difficult. And I serve it in my restaurant only at brunch because it's a very hard dish to make. Um, and we we serve it traditional in in a way that it's I think it's hard that you find it here in this I tried it here around in New York and it's very creamy and it's very buttery and very um, heavy heavy my carbonara is no butter so it's great no cream so it's like literally eggs cheese and uh, pancetta um, which is bacon kind of um, and I love black pepper. So you just put like nice ingredients in there. You cook it al dente. And that's that's the only dish actually I can prepare. Um, but it's it's the one that it's... And this is the dish that my mom came with the recipe. And she's not invented this recipe. It's just her recipe, the way she cooks it. And all my friends in Italy and my friends here, when my mom comes here, we cook carbonara. And everybody loves it because... It's very tasteful, and then you, you don't feel like passing out in the bed in a coma. Pietro, thank you so much. You. If anyone would like to try that carbonata, you can go to Pietro's restaurant in Nolita on Elizabeth Street. Thanks. I'm Andrea Ween. You have been listening to Meant to be Eaten, and we will catch you next week. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. 
For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.